Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It's such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I'm sharing a recording of a live Q&A I did earlier this week on Instagram. I asked you guys, my followers, to message me any questions about Tantra, sacred sexuality, spiritual intimacy, and I also offered this as a space to ask for advice about relationships, love, and sex, and it was so fun. I loved hearing your questions. I loved diving deep with you, and I definitely intend on doing more. I think this is the third or the fourth live Q&A that um, I've done. You can find the other ones, you know, on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening to this podcast. There are a couple more that are amazing and deeply insightful. So, if you ever have any specific, if you ever have any specific questions for me, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram or via email, and I will offer my advice. I'll offer my perspective, um, and maybe uh, your question will anonymously end up on the next Q&A. And also just please note, I'm answering these questions from my experience and from my studies uh, in this space. I don't proclaim to be an expert or a certified therapist, although a lot of my clients say I am their therapist, um, but I am applying years of study and personal experience to offer suggestions. And additionally, I do offer one-to-one mentorships, um, events, courses, uh, etc., all of which you can find on my website, www.talktantratome.com. If you'd like to su- some support to go deeper with spiritual intimacy or living a tantric lifestyle or sacred sexuality, I do offer free discovery calls to get a sense of your intentions and where you're at, to see if we're a good fit, to see what offerings I have that may be in alignment for you. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, and without further ado, let's begin this live Q&A. First question is, communication feels painful and tricky. I want it to be easy for me, but it's my biggest struggle. Suggestions. So the first thing here is to understand and to give yourself compassion that this is a totally normal experience for communication to be very challenging, considering our current societal structure and framework and the narrative that we're perpetuating. um, It can be very challenging to share our authentic truth Uh, because we're afraid that it might hurt someone or maybe our truth just isn't in alignment with a societal narrative or maybe we've been taught to be people pleasers and that can make it really tough. That being said, that pattern has served its purpose in that it's there to protect you. It's there to help you survive, to um, keep you from being rejected or from experiencing pain. That being said, we also know that you know communicating and sharing our truth uh, creates vulnerability, which is the birthplace of love and growth and expansion. So communicating our truth is so important as well. 
So we recognize that the pattern that helped us survive, which was this, you know, closing of our truth, closing of our throat chakra is not going to be the same one that's going to help us thrive, which means opening up and sharing our truth. So, um, I like to say that our highest truth is synonymous with our highest love and we are often afraid to tell the truth to our partners and I think that this is the context in which this person is asking, Um, but you have to understand that your highest truth is the key to setting yourself free and also setting your partner free. Sharing your truth may hurt their ego, um, it may hurt their human, but on a soul level, it has the capacity to, to set yourself free and the other in that it's allowing them to connect into this truth that you're sharing to decide if it's in resonance and to make a decision based on how to, how to move forward. If they'd like to evolve with you or grow in the direction that you're desiring in regards to your truth or whether they're finding a new path somewhere else, which allows you both to find the expansion separately. So that being said, I do have a couple episodes of the podcast that can go into a little bit more depth on this topic specifically. Those are going to be episode 23, which is the highest truth throat chakra meditation and episode 21, which is conscious communication and radical honesty. You can find all the episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, my website. Most of them are on YouTube as well. And again, for those that are just joining, I'm doing a live Q&A about spirituality, sexuality, Tantra, high vibe relating. If you have any need for advice or have any questions in regards to these topics, feel free to just um, type them into the chat box and I'll answer uh, once I get through these first questions that were previously submitted in the Instagram stories. So the next question is uh, tips around grounding and healing and anxiety or alchemizing it into excitement before a trip. That would be such amazing content and I feel that you may have an interesting take on it. So the first suggestion is to create spaciousness around your travel. Many of us like are rushing at the end to pack and to run the errands and to do the things. Um, to me, it's really important to create space, like at least like the day of, but ideally the full day before, uh, in order to not to avoid the, the sense of anxiety that is most likely going to happen. Um, that being said, I also like to create even more time for things like massage, booking a massage the day before I'm traveling, going on a hike, spending some time in nature before I'm traveling. In terms of alchemizing this nervousness or this anxiety, uh, using lots of visualization and affirmations. Um, I, I travel a ton and I spent three years living nomadically and I was traveling with a dog and there were like so many opportunities for things to go wrong. And so I would repeat in my head, Every day and every way, things are exactly as they should be or everything was going to be okay. Just like repeating these things to myself, coming back into a sense of safety in my body um, was really helpful for me as I was, you know, even going through airport security, etc. Let's see. Also finding just nourishing things to do while you're traveling, including, you know, um, I have a, a meditation on grounding the root chakra meditation. It's episode 17 of this podcast and there's many others, but I like to download some meditations onto my phone that I can listen to while I'm traveling, while I'm in flight, the next morning after I've landed, just in case I don't have Wi-Fi. 
Um, and that tends to allow me to, to come back in, you know, other nourishing things to include and in travel or in the process of point A to point B might be reading, um, you know, making sure that you've packed some nice, you know, yummy and healthy snacks is really good. And then, you know, once you get to your destination, taking a moment to really honor the land, maybe saying a prayer of gratitude for the beauty or the hospitality of the land, you know, putting your bare feet, bare palms, bare body on the land is also really grounding and nourishing too. And the last thing that I would recommend for traveling and remaining grounded and high vibe would be to incorporate your morning routine into the place that you're in. So when I'm traveling, I often actually pack my tea kettle because not everywhere has that. Um, and I'll pack like teapots and um, some, you know, tea bags and like that's a big part of my morning routine is having this ritual around like my first drink of the day. Um, I also have a gratitude practice that I practice every day that requires no, you know, supplies. And it's just like kind of a mental exercise around finding things to be uh, grateful for. Um, you know, movement is also really good to start the day. So just finding ways to bring whatever your morning routine is at home into your day to day when you're traveling too. Again, if anyone has any questions for this live Q&A, feel free to pop them in the chat box. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going with some of these questions that were previously submitted. So the next question is, I wanted to ask when women orgasm from self-pleasure, how fast is too fast? Because I know myself so much that it can be too fast and that can become frustrating. It feels sometimes it's less than two minutes because of a vibrator. Great question. First off, it is my belief that as female embodied individuals, there's no such thing as too fast of an orgasm. I celebrate all the orgasms. That being said, there may be an opportunity for even more pleasure and juiciness if you were able to slow down. And this goes for men as well as women. This goes for all individuals. The power of slowing down may lead to different results may lead to different types of orgasms, including full body orgasms. So this means often not going straight to your genitals. This means really taking the time to seduce yourself to include your entire body in your self-pleasure practice and incorporate touch in new places. It may also mean, you know, stimulating the genitals and then, you know, consciously, you know, taking a break and using your breath as a tool to move that sexual energy from your lower chakras upwards. Um, and let's see what else. This can lead to like waves of extended pleasure and that can be super powerful as well. I do have an episode of the podcast called Expanding Your Orgasmic uh, Potential. This is going to be episode 13 and I talk about different types of orgasms, how to induce these types of orgasms, etc. And I highly recommend that episode for this question. When it comes to the vibrator piece of this, there's lots of mixed messages in the spirituality space, in the sacred sexuality space around using vibrators uh, as women or you know any individual. And I'm in a place of no shame around using any kind of toy or experience that brings you pleasure. 
I do not believe that vibrators necessarily make you um, less sensitive. That being said, they are an incredible sensation and there's a lot happening there. So if you're feeling really attached to your vibrator, my suggestion would be to try using your vibrator in a different way. Even like maybe moving the vibrator from your genitals up to your heart chakra and seeing like what would happen if you bring that stimulation into different places of your body. Um, And then Also, maybe try not using your vibrator sometimes just to see what happens there too. You know, I, again, like I have nothing against them. I think that they can be great tools, but we're often treating them as the only tool in the toolbox and that's kind of a disservice. There's so many different ways to approach pleasure and there's so many different, um, ways that we can, you know, go at the, um, the the joy of bringing problem solving into our bodies and to treat the vibrator as the only tool just is a little bit limiting so maybe trying you know you know something else again vibrators are great for quick stimulation and maybe having like a quickie sort of orgasm but um there are they aren't always the best tools for extended experiences unless we're using them in different ways like i described i personally love crystal yoni wands Uh, These also have, you know, incredible additional properties in that they have, you know, the crystal energies, you know, embedded in them. And there are different shapes and styles for all different types of yonis. There are some that are specifically geared at hitting the G spot. There are some that are specifically geared at hitting the, um, the cervix. So I definitely recommend that you, you know, just try different things in the space and take your time and slow down. Again, for those of you that are just joining, I'm doing a live Q&A about uh, sacred sexuality, tantra, spirituality, and if you have any questions, please just drop them in the chat box and I will answer them uh, at my convenience. I do have a list here of questions that I'm working off of, but I'm going to scroll back through now and, and read some of the ones that you guys have placed here. So Edward asked, have you read the book Cupid's Poisoned Arrow? It speaks about Carezza avoiding orgasm in a relationship rather than practicing soft bonded based affection. What's your take on this? Haven't read the book, so honestly can't speak into that in depth. Um, Generally speaking, I don't recommend avoiding orgasm in a relationship. I also don't recommend um, prioritizing orgasm in a relationship. To me, Tantra itself is about letting go of an expectation or a goal instead being in the present and seeing what's available in that moment. I've had many incredible sexual experiences where orgasm was not a part of the experience, but there was other deep, profound healing available. But if I would have been so focused on grasping onto the pleasure of orgasm, I wouldn't have experienced those other altered states that were available. So haven't read the book, but I will add it to my list of things to check out. All right. And there's another question here. Usually whenever studying about Tantra, the idea of women and men seem to be limited to physicality and body functionality instead of a more fluid concept feels limiting than liber feels more limiting than liberating. Interesting. Interesting that that has been your experience with Tantra. I do believe that there are many lineages that are very focused on feminine and masculine and separating them based on the body that you were born into. That being said, there's tons of other lineages that are all about integrating the inner masculine and feminine within us. And those tend to be the ones that I'm more drawn to and the lineages that I follow. 
just generally speaking, you know, again, Tantra has so many different perspectives and lineages, but to me, Tantra, the word Tantra etymologically means method for expansion or woven modalities for expansion. So to me, what that means is that we get to determine individually what works for us in terms of um, our greatest potential for expansion. So uh, building a tantric lifestyle is going to look different for each and every individual, depending on what feels the most expansive for them. So my suggestion is to maybe poke into some other corners. And there are some great resources on my podcast about embodying masculine and feminine, different polarity pieces, um, and you know, there's so much on those, those topics. I recommend just going to my podcast and scrolling through and seeing what pulls your eye in terms of those pieces. So yeah, let me know what you think about that. All right. So I'm going to continue going off of the, uh, the list of questions here that people have previously posed. Again, if you're new here, we're doing a live Q and a on uh, sacred sexuality, Tantra, spirituality, feel free to pop a question in the chat box. If you have one. The next question that I have here is, I'm curious about the idea of standards with a sexual partner. For example, I prioritize my physical health and focus heavily on exercise routine and diet. Is it wrong to expect the same from a sexual partner? I understand not everyone has the same metabolism or genes or biology, but I've always expected at the very least a sexual partner to be and remain healthy to a certain extent. I understand there's more to sex than physicality, but I find myself turned off by anyone who doesn't meet this, these standards. Does this make me shallow? Am I expecting, am I focusing too much on the physical aspect of sex? I think this is such a good question because we can all kind of relate to this in some way, shape or form. And I think that it's totally normal to have these concerns and it's also totally normal to be in the process of connecting with some, someone, you know, in any sort of way, but especially sexually and to recognize that we all have desires and needs and preferences. And it's important to get clear around what those are to be able to magnetize the people and experiences that are in resonance with such. That being said, what this question comes down to, this question of, is it shallow for me to have standards physically and in terms of like health and taking care of oneself when I am approaching sexuality? And this comes down to difference in values. So to me, it's not even so much about like the visual aspect of what someone's coming forward with. It's the value of health and wellness. And we could approach this question from the value of politics or from the value of relationship styles or the value of family or like any type of value can be applied to this question. And the beauty is that you get to decide if those values that you have are make it or break it depending on your intention in the relationship. So the first thing is to get clear about what's your intention in this relationship. Is your intention just have sex with this person or is your intention to create a long-term, you know, committed potential lifetime partner bond? And so your desire or your ability to be flexible in terms of that value may change depending on what your intention is for that relationship. For example, I wouldn't entertain the idea of a long-term relationship with someone who didn't want the same things as me in the long-term, including to me, health and wellness is a high priority for me. So if I felt like someone wasn't, you know, taking care of their health and wellness, I personally wouldn't become involved with them with the intention of having a long-term partnership. 
but maybe I might be interested in entertaining a different type of relationship with them, um, maybe a sexual relationship with them that had a different intention. Maybe I see a great opportunity for them to aid me in my growth of spirituality um, or sexuality. Maybe they're like a dom, for example. Maybe they're this like crazy dom and they smoke and they eat a lot of meat and like things that like aren't really in my values, but I love who they are as a whole person. And I'm not focusing so much on that one piece of their, their experience. And I see the potential for me to learn, you know, how to surrender more in a, in a space of being a sub. So I see this as a, as a short term you know, growing experience, but I wouldn't necessarily, I would be very clear with myself and them of my intention, which is so important. So it's important to know as you did that we all have different bodies as well. And our capitalistic, you know, patriarchal society has created a world with very intense and often unfair beauty and body standards for both men and women. And I answered this question assuming that you're aware of this and that you've taken this into account, but I do feel like it's important, you know, to, to, to put that out there. But generally speaking, if your partner is just not quite taking care of their body, is eating a lot of junk food, maybe not exercising, and it's, it's clear that they don't respect their body temple, it's 100% okay for that to not feel in resonance with you. And it's okay to have health and wellness as a high value. And depending on your intention, you may want to either have a conversation with them, uh, maybe reframe your expectations within yourself, get clear on your intentions for that relationship. Um, and if you feel like there's an opportunity to commit for long term, I think that it's important to have a conversation about that and to see if they're willing and if they desire to expand in that way. And if they don't, then you have to kind of just let that go and, and consider maybe going in a different direction. Um, but just generally speaking, at any rate, making sure you're communicating your intention um, and uh, being compassionate and honest along alongside that, because we all have different values and needs and preferences. And just because someone's are different than yours doesn't mean that yours are better or worse. It just means that they're different. And creating spaciousness for people to be in their expression is very important and definitely a keystone of this work. So. That being said, uh, we're going to continue with these questions. If you have any questions on high vibe relating, tantra, sexuality, etc., please pop them in the chat box. We're just doing a little live Q&A here. Um, I see a question that just popped up. Hi, Leola. Tell us something about manifesting while dancing on a tantric point of view, please. Manifesting while dancing. I'm not sure if I totally understand this question perfectly, but I'm going to answer it based on what I believe is the question. So to me, the three tools of Tantra are three of the main tools are sound, breath, and movement. These are the greatest tools in moving energy through our bodies. And the cool thing about dance is that it incorporates all three of these things. Dance incorporates sound, obviously in the music and also in the way that we might sing or express vocally our breath, um, you know, sighing, crying out, etc., or can all be parts of dance as well. Dance also includes breath and in that our breath is very much timed with the beat often in this space. And, um, 
The last thing is sound, breath, and movement. Movement. You're obviously dancing when you're moving. So the beautiful thing in dance is that you're incorporating sound, breath, and movement, which means that you're having this incredible capacity to allow life force energy or arrows or kundalini to move through the body, which is incredibly powerful for manifestation because you're clearing any blocks. You're allowing any uh, emotion or energy in motion that is stuck to move through, which can make you a much more powerful magnet. So that's my, that's my answer on using dancing as a tool for manifestation. If I'm doing a manifestation ritual, I almost always do an ecstatic dance practice before to clear out anything that's no longer serving me so that when I'm ready to set my intentions in and magnetize, I'm a clear channel for that, for that to come through. Okay, so there was another question that someone added here. They asked if I was based in LA. I actually just moved to Austin, Texas from LA in January. So I lived in LA for three years. I could go back to travel often, but now I am based in Austin. Another question here, just some honest vulnerability. The last 13 months have been tough given what's happen- given what's happening in the country of Burma. Your podcast has helped me a lot more uh, help me to be a lot more uplifted. Thank you. Thank you. You said thank you to you as well. Thank you for the kind words. So happy it's resonating. Please let me know if you have any desires or any, um, anything, any topics you'd like for me to cover in the podcast as well. I'm, I'm happy to take requests. And again, if you're just joining here, feel free to drop a question or ask for advice in the chat box. I'm doing a live Q and a about all of the topics related to Tantra, spirituality, sexuality, etc. So I'm going to continue with some of the questions that were previously posed on my Instagram stories. Take a little sip of water here. Next question was, do you have any podcasts you've done that center around chemistry or compatibility, uh, especially how long you should wait to see if chemistry comes in a high uh, high compatibility relationship? Okay, so the good news here in this sort of circumstance where you have a lot of compatibility, like values are in alignment and lifestyles in alignment and you seem very compatible on paper, but maybe you don't have that that sexual chemistry, that wildness that you desire. The cool thing is, is that actually this is like the easiest thing to fix. You can't fix or change someone's values, right? You can't change their, you can, I mean, there's small adjustments that you can make in things like lifestyle, but generally speaking, that can be, you know, really complicated. And my advice is to not love someone for the potential, love them for who they are. Um, but from my experience and from the people that I've worked with and even some of my greatest friends in this space, uh, Shifting or creating spaciousness for or for chemistry is one of the easiest things to do or the easiest things to fix if there's a problem in a relationship. For myself in my last long-term relationship, at the beginning of the relationship, I felt like that was one of the things that was lacking the most. But in incorporating tantric practices, I created, we created a lot of space for chemistry to evolve. And that was incredible. Um, you know, another one of my really great friends, uh, that's a couple that also work in the space of Tantra and sacred sexuality are the love gurus. They're here on Instagram as the love gurus. I've interviewed them for my podcast as well. Jonathan and Isla, um, you know, they've shared very openly to me and to others that the, how they got into doing the work that they're doing now is that they met and they like 
felt like, oh my God, like you're so incredible. I love you so much as a person, but they were really struggling with the sexuality piece. And they went on this journey of learning about Tantra and sacred sexuality. And, you know, that shifted their entire relationship and brought them so much depth. And now, you know, they're engaged, they have a baby, they have a business together, like, you know, incredible, incredible working with this space. So my recommendation, if you're having issues with chemistry, um, and, and that's kind of like limiting your ability to step further, but you recognize that there's this compatibility that is available is to do sexual shadow work together. And there is a free, uh, sexual shadow work workbook on my website. If you go to on Instagram, the, the links, there's, um, uh, free offers button. You can click that, or you can just go to talk tantra to me.com slash free. There's also a link on my main page. You can't miss it. If you have any issues finding it, shoot me a DM or an email and I'm happy to send it to you directly. Um, but it's a great resource, a great tool, the sexual shadow work workbook to begin kind of working through maybe what blocks might be there that are keeping one or both of you from going deeper into the, uh, capacity of like wildness and primal expression and, you know, chemistry, um, do it together. Uh, another thing would be to create Tantra date nights, set aside, you know, four or five hours a week to have, you know, special time to drop in. And it's not that you're having sex for four or five hours straight. It's, you know, having a conversation, opening up, talking about what's alive for you in that moment, being very vulnerable about the the places where you feel the disconnection, you know, incorporating things like eye gazing. There's incredible books like, you know, Urban Tantra or, um, uh, the multi-orgasmic man or the women's anatomy of pleasure. Um, I have a whole list of book recommendations in one of my reels, um, on Instagram. And if you're interested in getting book recommendations for me, I'm happy to send those to you. But these books have incredible practices that you can bring into a Tantra date night with your partner. I also recommend going to Tantra, Tantra workshops with your partner, Um, you know, if you Google like any major city and Tantra workshops, something will come up. And, you know, additionally, you're welcome to travel for retreats and workshops. These are things that I host here in Austin. I can also refer you to some other programs that I suggest. Um, and then the last thing would be to work with a Tantra professional, uh, to get that assistance to go a little bit deeper. And I do recommend the love gurus. As I previously mentioned, they're amazing for working with couples. I also work with couples as well. Uh, so feel free to reach out if that's something that you're interested in. I do offer free discovery calls as well to get some clarity on what you're looking for and to make sure that we're the right fit. So if you're just joining, I am hosting a live Q and a, uh, feel free to pop a question in the chat box. Um, if you'd like some advice on sacred sexuality, Tantra, high vibe relating, etc., I'm going to continue with the next question that I have here. It is, I wish that it was easier to attract love as a male that I could walk naked and be accepted and admired the way the world does for females. I wish to embody beauty and love while still being a man. I wonder if this is possible. Is it a matter of vibration or being a male or is being a male inherently different? I love this question. I love this question. So to me, we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. And there is 100% evidence that male embodied individuals who are greatly uh, of there's, there's evidence of male embodied individuals who are greatly admired in the way that you desire. And the men that I know that, um, I admire and see for their beauty 
in the way and acceptance in the way that you're looking for are all men that work in the Tantra space um, or have worked in some sort of spirituality or healing modality um, and have worked heavily on themselves to be in a space of embodying an equal part in their feminine. So um, my recommendation is to really just get in touch with your inner feminine and to allow yourself to embody that energy. Um, If you're desiring it, it means that it's available for you. So Uh, Some tools to kind of unlock that um, would be to really embrace your creative capacity, to allow more spaciousness and fluidity in your schedule. You know, we're very much conditioned to be very, um, work on a very strict timeline and to be in constant state of production and bringing more in, but just creating space to allow your feminine to come through and be creative and just follow her desire is, uh, greatly suggested. I have a couple of episodes of my podcast that I put here to take note. Um, one is episode 24, which is cultivating masculine and feminine polarity with Maddie moon. And another episode I recommend for you is going to be episode 28, reclaiming the dark feminine with Lilith of Oz. I also recommend like allowing yourself to be in the adornment space and maybe doing some mirror work, being naked in front of a mirror and just like expressing devotion into your body, telling your body how beautiful it is, how grateful you are for it, etc. So, uh, for those that are just joining, feel free to, uh, pop a question in the chat box. If you have one, I'm doing a live Q and a, if you'd like advice on sacred sexuality, spirituality, Tantra, etc., this is your space to have those questions answered. So scrolling back up, I have a question off topic question. What's your reasoning to move to Texas? What's my reasoning? So many reasons, but I think that they all come down to just spirit pulling me here. Um, feeling that my time in LA was done. There was just a lot of resistance, uh, coming up in that land for me. Um, the way that the pandemic was addressed was very limiting in some ways, uh, in the work that I do. Uh, and at the same time, I had a lot of desire here in Texas. I had a lot of people reaching out to me to work here and looking at the dynamic here in Texas. It's a very interesting place and in that there's lots of freedom in many ways and there's lots of restriction in many ways, especially around wombs. If we talk about the abortion laws that are happening here in Texas, that was something that um, was very interesting and kind of drew me into this space. Um, and yeah, there's just definitely a big pilgrimage of spiritual people coming here and it, and it, it feels really nourishing and I'm really grateful to be based in Austin now. So again, any questions, you're welcome to chat, uh, pop into the chat box. I'm going to continue here with some that were previously submitted. Next question, how to deal with a man's jealousy without losing your radiance? Oh, I've had to deal with so much of this in my life and feel really grateful to be kind of moving beyond this permanently. And I have a very short answer for this. First off, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally if your man or the man that you're seeing or whatever is having a jealous reaction. Recognize that it's his conditioning and it's his own insecurity that's making him jealous. You've done nothing wrong. In fact, you're giving him a gift. You're triggering him, which is giving him the gift of coming to terms with his limiting beliefs and his ownership mentality around women's bodies. So thank you to you for doing that because we need more men that are triggered into recognizing this limiting aspect of themselves. My suggestion for you is to say, stay at your high vibe, radiant self, do not dim your light. If anything, shine brighter. 
This is going to challenge him to meet you where you're at, to work through his shit, own it, and be able to come to a space of expansion that you are currently in, or he's going to walk away. And that's great. That means that you get to let that go and attract someone that is at your caliber. That's it. Period. Cool. Uh, moving on to the next question. If you, oh, here we go. I'd, lo- <laughs> I'd love if you would chat about when to recognize in relationships, when it is a moment to work on it and when it is a moment to recognize sovereignty and walk away. It's a great question because I recently went through something very similar. So a few things, how to know when you should stay and when you should walk away in a relationship that's just no longer working. First thing is to check in on your values. Are your values in alignment? Do you truly want the same things for the future? And be very discerning about this. You deserve to have all of your values, all of your desires met. And so does this other person. And just because they're different doesn't mean that one person has the right values or the right desires and one person is wrong. It just means that they're different and that's okay. You can have them met in different places by different people. So if you end up settling, this is what leads to resentment and that's not super comfortable and not super fun. And, you know, how painful is it when you've invested so much time into something when you could have just like, looked at it from the beginning and said, hmm, we have some different values. Maybe this isn't the right relationship. Why don't we be friends or why don't we be lovers without the expectation of a long-term commitment? So that's my first suggestion is to figure out if your values are in alignment. Second is if they are in alignment, you decide to move forward or reassess or reevaluate. My second advice is to consider if you have the tools um, to grow through this together? Do you have the tools available? And the second part of that is, are you both willing to grow through and to, um, to negotiate and to find the spaciousness to come to a win-win solution for everyone? And this means, um, first of all, do you have the tools, you know, are you, are you comfortable communicating about these things? Have you created spaciousness in the partnership to communicate these things? Are you being really honest with yourself about what you want and need and prefer? And are you allowing your partner to express those things without interrupting them? Are you allowing them to be in their full expression without judging them? Okay. So those are, that's what I'm talking about with the tools. And if you feel like you're missing some of those tools, I'm happy to uh, make some suggestions. One of those being, you know, taking part in therapy, maybe uh, seeing a tantric practitioner individually and or as a couple, uh, maybe partaking in some retreats. Um, But this comes down to like, are you both willing and able to invest in that type of growth, which, you know, a lot of people aren't, or they're not at the same pace. And that's something that you definitely want to want to consider. If your partner is not willing to make those investments, then maybe you deserve someone that is willing to make those investments. So I'd consider that. Um, So just looking at, are you both trying? Are you both willing to make the investments necessary? And if not, who isn't and why not? Okay. And the third thing to consider is, is this person... Is this person the person that you're meant to be like really having these conversations with? 
Is this the person that you like fighting or arguing or having creative discussions uh, is inevitable in any relationship? And in fact, it's a good thing. It's great. If you're having um, friction moments in your relationship, those are all opportunities to grow individually and as a couple. So it's actually a really good thing if you're arguing. That being said, you have to get really clear. Is this the person that you're meant to be having these arguments with? And to me, you know, this is deeply related to the last question or the last point that I made and looking at, are you, do you have the tools available? Are you both willing and able to invest in and grow? Um, but sometimes it can be a little bit deeper than that too. And I recommend for this topic, episode 58 of Talk Tantra to Me, the podcast, and that is conflict resolution and deeply fulfilling relationships with Alexa Bowditch, who is also known as that sex chick here on Instagram. I definitely recommend giving her a follow. Um, but yeah, I would recommend listening to that episode and that might give you a little bit more clarity on what you might be missing in terms of this question of when to stay and when to walk away in a relationship that is challenging. Any last questions? Oh, there's some here. Sorry. I missed some healing by Tantra after a breakup without strangers. So only having pleasure by myself. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like you're asking for ways to um, heal, heal f- using Tantra and Tantric tools to um, heal the emotional and physical wounds of a breakup um, solely, so not running off to the next relationship, which is amazing that you're clear on that piece uh, to me and, you know, in the Tantric lineages overall, it is the relationship with self comes first, right? We can't truly meet and unconditionally love uh, another until we've gone to those depths within ourselves. We can only meet our partner in love as deeply as we've met ourselves in love. So it is really important to clear any of that emotion or energy and emotion that's um, blocked in your body. Uh, for this, I recommend a lot of dancing, which I recommended at a, in a previous question as well. All right, answered or spoke into. Uh, another thing would be yoni steaming if you're a feminine embodied individual. And I have a reel here on Instagram that's all about the benefits of yoni steaming. But this is just a great way to do some self-care and also to energetically clear from a past breakup. Um, doing some shadow work uh, around the relationship, getting clear on what in that relationship was your responsibility? It can be very much um, our conditioning to blame the other person for the breakup entirely, but we have to look at where where we were not advocating for ourselves in that relationship. Even if it was as extreme as you had an abusive partner, there's still a place in that in that sort of dynamic where you allowed that to at a certain extent. So taking responsibility for energetically how you were showing up to um, create an environment where that continued or that you stayed in that um, or that you attracted that looking at maybe your your childhood wounds your relationship with your parents and how that might be affecting um, the type of relationships that you're drawing in because our our relationships with our parents are often our first loving relationships so seeing where there might be a block in that space as well and again there is a um sexual shadow work workbook that's for free on my website and that might be a really good place for you to start as well you can find that workbook in the links on instagram under free offers or on my website www.talktantratome.com slash free um okay that's it last person said no questions just sending love and abundance and blessings your way love it 
also Harris had some, or um, Claude has some beautiful things to say as well. Thank you. Love listening to your incredible fine wisdom. I love you too. Here's another question. Me and my partner are just beginning to explore Tantra. Are there any books you recommend to get started? Yes, there are so many books and I actually have a reel that I uh, go through five books I recommend. If you send me a message after this live q and I'm happy to send you that reel. Off the top of my head though, I recommend um, Urban Tantra for men. I recommend The Multi-Orgasmic Man by Montauk Chia. For women, I recommend um, The Women's Anatomy of Pleasure um, by Sherry Winston. I also recommend... Um, I also recommend anything by Osho is great. Um, and there was one more that was just at the tip of my tongue. Oh, the Magdalene manuscript is great too for a more like, you know, uh, ancient perspective looking at um, Christianity as well as Egyptian tantric practices. Uh, yeah, so those would be my book recommendations. So that just about wraps up the live Q&A. I want to take this moment to thank you so much for being here and to, again, encourage you to reach out to me if you would like more tailored support, whether that's, you know, a quick question or maybe a, um, you know, tailored container just for you in which we can dive deep in building out your personal tantric lifestyle, helping you identify your limiting beliefs so you can grow through them and identify your highest truth and really live a life that feels juicy and expansive and totally turned on. If you're interested in working with me either in a virtual mentorship or in an in-person ceremony or otherwise, you can check out my website, www.talktantratome.com to see you know, all the different ways that you can work with me. And there are also a few free offers on the homepage or at www.talktantratome.com slash free. There is an incredible sexual shadow work workbook and also a pleasure positive meditation. These are great pieces to get a little taste, taste of Tantra, taste of working with me. Uh, and then additionally, I do offer free discovery calls for, for those of you that are looking to go a little bit deeper. Uh, you can, you know, fill out my intake form on my website and we'll move forward with that call. I look forward to hearing from you. And again, just want to express my gratitude to you once more. Thank you for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. If this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become a bit more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta.